to the X-Files on the Grid podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 6, Shadows. This one is um, kind of a weird one. We'll get more into this, of course, with the uh, memorability subcategory, but it's kind of one of those ones that seems really memorable, and yet there's nothing that memorable. It's like a weird paradox where, like... Like you see that title of the episode and like you see the opening of the episode like oh yeah howard graves that chick yeah. i know this episode yeah. but it's kind of a meh episode um so i guess that's my introduction going into it um which is kind of spoiling some of the later categories a little <laughs> bit but um yeah there's not not much in the way of introduction with this with this episode it is season one it is episode six it is shadows yeah all right so let's just i guess delve into the grid um so the first category is going to be writing and this one is it was pretty meh i definitely this is the first uh the first episode where i've given mythology and character development a fairly low score um, i feel like this is the first episode where like we really didn't get any new information about Mulder and scully we really didn't get any you know, mythology of the series. This is like right. the, the the most standard, which maybe that's why part of why it's so unmemorable, despite having memorable elements to it, is just because it's it's such a standalone episode and doesn't really do anything super special. Um, certainly not within mythology or character development, and and even within like within every category within writing, I was kind of meh on. Right. Um, but what did you think? Were there any, um, any strengths, any weaknesses, anything that stands out one way or the other? Um, not much, certainly not in terms of the mythology or, uh, world building or anything like that. It's, uh, like you said, it's probably the most standalone so far. Yeah. Um, it was kind of neat seeing the other agents. It's kind of neat to see them from, well, see agents from another perspective, because usually we see it from the agent's perspective, but this time... The other agents are like the the men in black almost. Yeah. They're very cold and expressionless. Yeah, this was this met my expectations. That was kind of my my general consensus overall. I did mark. Um, I gave two six point fives, which technically exceeds expectations, but is on the the very low end of that. And that was for, uh, the first was for outer goals versus emotional needs, which um, pretty much the only reason I didn't give it a five is because I really liked that the inner need driving the plot was pretty exclusively Howard Graves' inner need of redemption or oh, yeah. um, not to, and it like worked on, on multiple levels. Like it wasn't just like, like you know, he had this unresolved guilt from, you know, selling weapons to terrorists or whatever they were selling to terrorists. Was it weapons? Parts? Manufactured parts, I think, was the <laughs> phrase they used. Yeah. So, you know, he had the, the Tony Stark complex going on with, with the guilt of that. Oh, yeah. But then he also has the guilt over the death of his daughter that they really just barely touch on. Oh, of like yeah. That's true. You know, like, oh, he had this daughter who died. You know, because the gate was left open and she drowned. And then here's this this young woman that works for him who is about the same age. So he's got this, you know, he latches onto her as a daughter figure and wants to protect her. And also the things he's protecting her from are things that 
he put her in danger to to begin with. Like he was, was him and the partner were, were they jointly responsible for the trade or whatever? Or was it just the bad guy? I'm guessing not. Okay. Because they set him, they set Howard Graves up to be like the good guy. They set yeah. the other guy up to pretty clearly be the bad guy. Yeah. Well, regardless. Um, so I just liked that, that it was, you know, the dead guy's inner need, like driving the whole yeah, plot. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I even though, even though we don't get a lot of, um, you know, certainly Mulder and Scully, they, they barely even have an outer goal. It's pretty much to solve the case. And which I mean, I guess. Well, that's... it is for Scully. Mulder was a little more interested in like, what, what, what did he say? Like our, our first confirmed, I don't know. I thought, yeah, wanting. Telekinesis or whatever. Almost. Right. That's true. Yeah. But that's always Mulder. And that's always Scully. But yeah, so I just, I, I did like that part. It didn't, um, I don't know, like I thought it was interesting. So I knocked it up to that exceeds expectations category. Um, but I still am much more interested in Mulder and Scully's inner needs and right. more so than anyone else's. So that kind of kept it from getting much higher of a score than that. Um, but I thought that was an interesting twist. Um, and then I also gave dialogue a 6.5 because I thought we got some decent uh, Mulder-Scully yeah. conversations going. Yeah, I gave it a 7 for that too. Okay. Um, just, yeah, I gave it a 7 for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Partially because Scully was really uh, making some movie references on this episode. Oh, yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. Like, yeah, she's quite I can imagine the... her in college just like binge watching spooky Horror movies. movies yeah, apparently, yeah. While writing her dissertation on Einstein's theory of relativity revisited <laughs> or whatever it was. Sure, yeah. I mean, she's got good taste. I, well, I still have never seen Poltergeist, but Carrie is one of my favorites. So, yeah, yeah I thought that was pretty fun too. And I thought the uh, paper storm in the office at the end of the episode was uh, very cliche, very trope, very solid poltergeist material right there. Sure, yeah. I did like within the, um, I mean, even though it's all still kind of within the same genre, but I like, and it, and it goes in with the with the movie references even, where like the episode starts where we think it's going to be a Carrie telekinesis thing. Yeah. And then it shifts to a poltergeist thing. Um, and then, but then even with the poltergeist it's a twist where it's like, yeah, but he's protecting her. He's not haunting her right. per se. I mean, I guess he kind of was, but you know, he yeah, wasn't trying to that hurt. That wasn't his goal. Yeah. He wasn't trying to hurt the person he was haunting. He was protecting the person he was haunting by haunting other people or something. Um, so I did think that that was neat. Um, it still kind of fell into the, the cliche area. So I, still, I gave sure. it a six out of 10 for um, genre cliches and tropes because I liked what it did with it, but it still didn't like subvert yeah. tropes or do anything super different. So I gave it the high end of meets expectations, but it didn't get pushed higher. Yeah. Part of the reason I gave that subcategory a seven is because uh, Mulder wasn't right at first. I mean, he was close, Yeah. Uh, but he wasn't right. He didn't get what was going on. And then Scully offered her idea that he faked his own death and Mulder's like, yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. And then she was like taken aback by that. She's like, wait, what? <laughs> what? What's <Yeah>. going on? <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. All right. I did like also, um, this was probably the only real, aside from dialogue, like, you know, quick back and forth type dialogue. Um, one of the only interesting Mulder Scully character moments that I really liked was um, when, you know, the, 
Scully is telling Lauren, like, you know, tell him you love him one more time. Let's do yeah. like she's totally going in on the like, if he's really haunting sure. you, let's let's go this route. And then like, when Lauren leaves the room, Mulder's like, what? <laughs> what the hell are you doing? You don't believe yeah. in this. And she's like, you're right. I don't believe in this. But I believe that she believes. Right. And I think that's just like not even specific to TV. I just think that's a really important distinction that a lot of people never quite grasp of like there's a difference between like lying about something and believing something that isn't true or and not that you know nobody in that situation necessarily thought that she was lying but that just goes into that like you know do you believe her no but I believe that she believes right and I just think that that's interesting and, and to point something like that out so early on in the series, I thought was really interesting. Um, still not enough to give the the character development <laughs> any bump because um, it really didn't develop the character much at all. It was just kind of an interesting. I guess it played more into dialogue than character development. Um, but I did like that that we get to see the way Scully interacts with people when she's like, you know, even though I don't believe what they believe, right? I believe that they believe, and I'm going to treat them accordingly. like and the way that she to get the job done to get the job done exactly because she she also believes that Mulder believes but she treats him in a very professional way it is very it's very much so an exchange of ideas she's not going to pander to his beliefs no she does not yeah and she shouldn't like that's not (laughs) that's not how partnerships work like you it should be an exchange of information and exchange of ideas just like you know when she's like well I think he faked his own death sure let's try and prove it like yeah let's let's exchange things let's try and make things work like that's right that's empirical that's science that's law enforcement that's how it should work like it should be people working together presenting different ideas trying things out so i did like that difference that you know we see the way she works with moeller and we see the way she works with the general public when she's trying to get the job done so that was something that i thought was worth talking about even though like i said it didn't boost the the mythology character development score any but it was like a contributing factor to the to the dialogue score that i gave and just something that i thought was was interesting overall yeah yeah i like that scene because again it showed that scully was really just about doing the job absolutely and then Mulder was like so excited to see his first ghost <laughs> uh, yeah even when he was talking about when they were at the mechanic shop he was talking about the lights on the car yeah he just he had like this enthusiasm and he gets when he's talking about supernatural stuff. Yeah, that boyish yeah. excitement. Yeah. All right. Well, was there anything else you would like to add for the writing category? No, I think we covered it all. All right. So my total for the writing category came out to a 5.8, uh, which is a little bit on the higher end of meets expectations, um, which honestly seems a little bit high for this episode. Um, but looking at the individual scores that I gave everything, I feel I feel pretty good. I don't think there's anything I would adjust. So um, I guess I feel pretty okay about it. But this this episode in general, a few a few scenes here and there stand out, but for the most part, it's just kind of a okay standalone episode. Right. I got a six point two, which exceeds expectations, which for me seems a little bit high. But there was a lot of little things here and there. Um, like in the investigation where Scully has her approach where she, you know, I believe that she believes what she's saying. And, and yeah, just a few little things here and there. Um, so, yeah, there was nothing like totally unique or really interesting or really cool. But 
it was uh, pretty good. Exceeds expectations, I guess. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so that's going to bring us to the technical category. And this one, I definitely have have one subcategory that, that stands out as really good and one subcategory that was pretty meh. Um, okay. I don't know why I introduced it like that, like it was going to be really exciting or something. Um it is. Everyone's waiting to hear it. I guess. Uh, so should I? Well, I guess. I guess I should ask you first. Uh, is there anything for you that that either stands out as really good or or not so great? I have one that stands out a little bit. All right. Maybe in what in what way? Good or bad? Uh, well, I I'm building suspense too. All right. I was I was just trying to gauge if I should should talk about my positive or my negative first. Um, but I guess I'll I'll go ahead and and uh, go the traditional bad news first route. <laughs> um, and I actually, this is the the first episode that I, I felt the cinematography was pretty meh. Um, so I only gave, I still considered it meeting expectations, but I gave it a 4.5 out of 10, which for X-Files is, is really low. And, uh, and a big part of it is I'm trying, like as the season progresses, I'm trying to be better about um, thinking about things in comparison to the episodes we've seen so far, right. rather than in general. Um, but I feel like regardless of which of those aspects I look at, the, the cinematography was just kind of pretty standard TV from the 90s cinematography. Yeah. There, there was one scene when they're uh, looking through the newspapers trying to find out who Howard Graves is, where there's some interesting lighting going on, um, like almost some noir Venetian blinds shadows, right. very subtle, right. not super extreme. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, and that was really the only scene that stood out as as not just the boring, you know, standard TV lighting, um, which particularly for like even for for a show that wasn't X Files, I would probably give it like a, a six, maybe a six point five. But considering it's X Files, and considering that the, the five episodes we've seen before this had such stunning cinematography, and then to go to this um, was 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 a little disappointing. Um, so that definitely stood out as, as a weaker point for me within this category. And it's not that there was a, the reason I, I still kept it at 4.5 and didn't go, you know, didn't dip into the below expectations area is because it didn't, um, you know, nothing looked bad. It wasn't like, right. like, oh man, someone really dropped the ball. That was, that was bad. Like, like it looked fine. It just didn't look like X-Files. Sure. Um, which in later episodes, I'm sure that's going to get to a point where that's going to fall below expectations because you expect X-Files to look better than that. Yeah. But for such an early episode, I was willing to, to still keep it within the meets expectations but the yeah. lower end of it. This one was kind of weird because there was no, or very little outdoor shots. Uh, almost all of it was inside, inside of an office building. Yeah. And it had that uh, like standard, everything is evenly lit office yeah. Uh, you know, maximizing productivity, not focusing on aesthetics. Yeah. What did what did that's, you give? That's actually the one category where I gave it a slightly higher score. Really? Yeah, okay. I gave it a seven. Okay. Um, for two reasons. One is uh, during the interrogation room scene. There's a point where Mulder gets up and walks around the table and like walks around her, and then the camera like moves around the room as well, uh, and it's kind of a longer shot. And okay. I don't know, it was just a little detail. Yeah. Uh, it seems to fit. And I don't know if this is the right category or not. Maybe aesthetics is the right category. But I noticed there were a lot of really small sets on this one. 
There was like the scene at the mechanics. There was uh, a scene where they're like huddled around the uh, microfilm thing. I think we mentioned yeah. that scene. There was another scene where they're in like the waiting room of a, I don't know, organ harvesting transplant. Oh yeah, like the, the lab and, waiting yeah, room or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, they were in the lab waiting room. They were in the lab room. They were um, in a lot of little little scenes here and there. Yeah. And I don't know. I I just give it a little a little higher score for um, you know they probably had to like build a set or whatever. Yeah. For something that's twenty seconds. Fair enough. But that's, yeah, everything else is solid meets expectations for me. Really? So there was one standout. I thought the um, the acting and casting for this episode was was really solid, particularly because this is really the first episode we've seen where Mulder and Scully aren't really the main characters. This isn't that unusual for X-Files. It's, you okay. know... Yeah. I guess probably about one in five, which would put us at a right about the right statistic. But, you know, right. it's, it's not that okay. uncommon to have, you know, whatever crime they're investigating or whatever case they're investigating, have, have someone involved in that take more of a forefront. So, yeah, so I thought that um, Lisa Waltz, who plays Lauren Kite, I thought she she really did a phenomenal job. And, and like I said, especially being like the first guest star to really take the helm of an episode. I thought she was pretty yeah. solid. I mean... That's true. I don't know. Like it, it's not like an award-winning performance, and there and there were a few scenes here and there where she, she was maybe a little bit of a weaker performance. But I thought for the most part, uh, she did a really phenomenal job. And and like I said, to be able to largely carry an episode, you know, when we're not having our main characters carry the episode, and it's only the sixth episode of the season or the series, even. Uh, I thought that was pretty impressive. So I gave um, I gave acting and casting a nine out of ten, um, oh, wow. largely because it was a combination of you know it being the first episode where where Mulder and Scully aren't the leads, even though that's more of a writing thing. Um, but I thought they did great, you know, as far as performance wise, like taking on more of a secondary role. And then I thought that that she just did a great job of of taking the helm and, and right. leading the episode. Um, so that was the positive standout within this category that I found I also thought um going to aesthetics I really went back and forth with this one because I really like the the environmental aesthetics like you were saying with the with the sats and just the the attention to detail and the you know the yeah. recurring plaque with the with the quote on it that oh, keeps yeah. coming back like little props like that um you know all the papers on the floor after the the poltergeist yeah, scene and the paper storm Exactly. So I thought that uh, the, the aesthetics, you know, the, the more environmental aesthetics were, were really phenomenal. And I was going to give um, give, aesthetic, give aesthetics a really high score because of that. Um, but I just couldn't quite bring myself to do it because the character aesthetics um, were, were just so 90s. <laughs> and I really... Yeah. What, what, what were women thinking? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So many, so many so bad, bad floral patterns that everybody just looks like they're wearing couch material. Yeah. Um, I think it was particularly bad. I think the reason shows like X-Files get hit a lot harder than some other, you know, things within the same time period is that I think business, like women in business, it was a particularly bad fashion statement. Yeah. You've got the shoulder pads, you've got the floral patterns, like, I feel like when you're not so professional, then you've just got, like, a lot of denim and a lot of flannel. 
more of that kind of 90s, which is still pretty dated, but I feel like it's not as, it's just not as bad as the floral. It's really hard for me to get past those bad floral patterns. And I really try not to, um, not, not to look at it with modern eyes if I can help it. And, and so I try, that was what was in fashion. It's not like this was, you know, I doubt there were that many people watching it at the time being like, ooh, what are they wearing? <laughs> I mean, there were probably some, because even now if there's people on TV shows that are wearing things that are what people wear on the street. It's like, yeah. ooh, man, we're going to look back on this and wonder what we were thinking. <laughs> like yeah. it's, you know, so I don't know. It's but... also funny that uh, all the, uh, I don't know if they're, secretary to the the boss or whatever they were all like old school moms yeah <laughs> like so strict yeah. <laughs> this, this was just kind of funny <laughs> i don't know how they did it in the east coast but here in the midwest we're prompt like <laughs> here in the midwest you're also bitches apparently yeah <laughs> well that reminds me there's a a, a blog called fashion at so and it's these uh couple people who Rewatch Star Trek The Next Generation and just comment on people's outfits. <laughs> it's pretty funny. That's pretty awesome. It is. But this episode actually made me think of that, just seeing some of the dresses. Yeah, it was just so bad. And it's it's especially weird, too, because Scully doesn't wear any of those things. No. It's like, always like it's, a solid color. Yeah, well, she was very much so like the... Like like Hillary Clinton type pantsuit of like the solid color power yeah. suit, as opposed to like I like there's also like different types of business lady outfits like that's <laughs> like yeah the way I talk about like business the... woman it's like I mean Romy and Michelle or something <laughs> business ladies that's a thing yeah like I feel like in an office when it's like maybe it's like the floral patterns are more business casual. And the yeah. and the suits are more like oh this is like formal formal because she does have some yeah. her suits in this episode weren't bad at all but there are definitely some ill fitting suits uh, both her That's and true. Mulder like just baggy suits I think were in in the nineties yeah. you know the baggy suits were not a super great look um, but for the most part it's just solid colors nothing yeah. too bad a uh, little ill fitted a little shoulder pads here and there. Um, but Scully's fashion is, is pretty, pretty solid. The key being solid, <laughs> not floral patterns. Yeah. Um, but I think it just has to do with like the type of business wear. Um, so thank goodness they're government agents, I guess, and wear fancy suits and not business casual, Yeah, I guess, is the moral of this story. Um, yeah, anyway, I'm talking for way <laughs> too long about the bad floral. <laughs> Thankfully, um, I'm pretty sure that ends after season. Maybe yeah, was, one or two here or there, but it's definitely a season. I would say maybe season two as well, but maybe starting to phase out by then. Because it was definitely very specifically an early 90s thing. And by like 95, I don't feel like it was that much of a thing. By 95, it was all mini skirts and leather and that type of look. Hmm. I don't know. Um, all right, well, was there... Oh, I did want to point out, too, for um, editing and special effects, I thought the um, the special effects actually held up fairly decently, considering this is 25-year-old TV special effects. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was very subtle. It was just like the, the ghost whisper. Nope, that's not. Shadow? What it is. There we go. Yeah, shadow. 
like just that that ripple i guess is what the one i'm looking yeah. for um which, which like i said a very simple special effect it's not like it's anything super fancy but for such a simple thing that held up pretty decently i yeah. thought and particularly for tv yeah i thought that was pretty good so i, I did bump that score um, i still gave it a, a six out of ten uh, so it didn't really exceed expectations because it was just one shot as yeah. far as the special effects go and the editing, I didn't feel like did anything super fancy. Right. But, so what was your overall score for the technical category? My overall came out to a 6.7 out of 10. Exceeds expectations pretty solidly for this one, um, which I think that seems that seems about right. I'm pretty happy with that score. Um, the acting and casting definitely uh, boosted it pretty significantly. And uh, we didn't really touch on this too much, but the sound and music also, I gave that an 8 out of 10. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's one of the earlier, I feel like I've said this for the last couple, so I guess I need to start, like cinematography, start looking at it through a closer lens. Um, but this is one of the first where it's it's really starting to feel like X-Files music. I know I said that about at least the last one, if not the last couple. <laughs> Yeah. But after all the after all the bad X-Files music in the first couple episodes, it's refreshing um so i i was i was willing to give it a still a, a fairly high score even though i know like with cinematography um i'm gonna have to in the next couple episodes probably start shifting my perception a little bit right. otherwise it's just always going to be a really high score but uh, i'm happy with that score for this one how about you okay. i give it a 5.4 meets expectations okay uh, so that's going to bring us to memorability and that's one we kind of already touched on. Um, so yeah. I guess I, I kind of already said um, accidentally everything that I really have to say. Um, like it's a surprisingly memorable episode. Right. And yet I, I think just because it's such a standalone episode, um, it's it's also for like once you start watching it or once you like see the episode description or you know see a still from it, sure it's it's instantly right. memorable. But if you're just like sitting back thinking about episodes, it's definitely not going to come to mind. Right. And it's certainly not going to come up on any best of lists. It's not going to come up on any worst of lists either. It's just pretty squarely in the middle. It's it's fine. It's memorable, but doesn't really play a part in anything and is therefore also forgettable, I guess. So anyway, so I gave it a, a 6.5. I still gave it a boost, still exceeds expectations. Um, because it is both of us the second we saw the name Howard Graves it's like oh yeah I know what this episode yeah. is um, so it definitely has memorability but it's not that significant so I gave it the lower end of exceeds expectations okay yeah I, I remember this one um, I get it mixed up with another one that's season one it's a lot of ones <laughs> um, I always get it mixed up with one too but I don't think it's a season one episode it might be I always get it mixed up with the the hospital one uh, where the old people take shrooms basically oh yeah that's quite a bit later yeah which one do you get it mixed up with there's one where someone dies by drowning and like that's the last image and there's like a little girl there's an origami of animals i, I can um, just remember bits and pieces right now like if i sat down and thought about it i could yeah rewrite it from memory, basically <laughs> um but i get mixed up with that um, there's not much that stands out as like super awesome scenes or, or really cool anything, but I do remember this one mostly just cause it's season one and I'm sure I've seen it 
a dozen times. Yeah. yeah. So overall, it's got a five out of 10 meets expectations. Fair enough. All right, so that's going to bring us to overall enjoyment. Um, and this one, I don't really think it needs too much of an explanation, but for, for pretty much everything we've already said, I just gave it a five out of 10. I was like, you know what? This, it meets expectations. It's not a bad episode. It doesn't you know, do anything that makes me mad or there's nothing that I hate about it, but I don't love it either. And, and like I said, like, it's not going to show up on any best of lists, but it's not going to show up on any worst of lists either. Like, it's just yep, it's there. right in the middle. Exactly. How about you? Um, yeah, five out of 10. Yeah. Um, there's nothing that, yeah, like you said, five out of 10, there's not much to say about it. There's nothing that like really annoys me or that I think is terrible. Yeah. Um, It was fine. Yeah. All right. Uh, So I guess that brings us to extra credit then. Did you give this one any extra credit? I did give it one point of extra credit. All right. Just because this is the first ghost episode okay they really mix things up uh, in the beginning yeah that's true all the different uh types of spooky stuff i guess yeah so i've got a point for that all right how about you i gave it two points of extra credit um the first one we already kind of mentioned and that's um scully's pop culture references i just thought that was fun um particularly the Carrie reference it's one of my favorite movies and I'll pretty much anytime it's referenced I'll probably give something extra credit for it because it's just it's a fun movie and and I like I I like the idea of Scully watching it and then rolling her eyes thinking that Mulder thinks it can really happen (laughs) (laughs) Um, that amuses me um so I gave it an extra credit point for that and the other one this is even sillier um I gave it an extra credit point because Lauren's cat was one of the most adorable cats I've ever seen. It was particularly cute. Uh, And I don't normally give, I mean, I love cats. I'm definitely a cat person, but I'm not normally the type that like gets excited to see a cat on like in person. Yes. But on a TV, I'm just like, Oh yeah, that's fine. But I can't pet it. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But man, that cat was cute. It was so fluffy. And it just looked like it should have been named cookies and cream. They could call it Cece for short. And it was so cute. Want cuddle with it, <laughs> and it meowed and freaks our, our freaked our cats out, which was yeah. pretty funny. Um, so I really liked that cat. I'm like obsessed with it. Thought it was pretty cute. So I gave it extra credit for the cat. All right, <laughs> sounds good. Yeah. Um, so that just brings us to uh, extra credit, or not extra credit. That's what we just did. That brings us to the total. Uh, what was your total? The total for this episode for me was fifty five. Which, fair. yeah, that's uh, meets expectations. Yeah. Right around 50. That seems right to me. I, I kind of expected my total score to be right around there as well. And it came out to a 62, um, which does technically exceed expectations. But when I go back and look at the score, it, it's the it's the two points of extra credit. That's what pushed it to exceed expectations. Right. That's good casting. Um, like, uh, getting that cat. Right? Yeah. So I, I feel... You know, even though I wouldn't, you know, if I take a step back, I, I don't think I agree that this episode exceeds expectations. But when I when I take a look at the at all the subcategories, it seems to fit. And I do think there are some, you know, like I, I did really like the the acting and casting and, and a few things within the writing here and there. Um, 
So, I mean, and, and the two extra credit points, definitely. Uh, like, that's the only thing that pushed it to exceed the expectations. Um, so even even though I don't necessarily agree with that labeling, when I take a step back and look at the score, a 62 right. seems about right. The math checks out. Exactly. And I feel like, you know, I would probably rate it about a 6 out of 10. Um, so, so it makes sense, even though with this particular one, that seems... My, I just I don't, I don't think I quite agree with the phrasing of, of meets ex, or I mean exceeds expectations because I don't think it did. But like you said, the math checks out. So you got to trust the math. You got to trust the math. <laughs> All right. Well, was there anything else that uh, that you'd like to add for this episode? No, there's not. So that's going to wrap up our discussion of The X-Files Season 1, Episode 6. Join us next week, same time, same place. We'll be reviewing, of course, Season 1, Episode 7, Ghost in the Machine. Uh, if you are interested in learning more about our grid rating system, uh, please check out uh, grittyfilms.com slash the grid. That's gritty films spelled G-R-I-D-D-Y. And you can also check out our Patreon account at patreon.com slash grittyfilms. Uh, and uh, if you want to rate and review us on iTunes, that would be much appreciated and super awesome of you. Uh, so that is it. We will talk to you next week.